This is the Douglas Robin Show. Welcome to Douglas Robin's Den of Discussion. Today, I'm very excited to uh, welcome my guest, Nate Rifkin. He's the author of The Standing Meditation, and he is studying to be a Taoist priest, and he's getting his doctorate in Chinese energetic medicine. So, Nate, I would like to just welcome you, and then I'd like you to, to back us up from where, where this all began. Uh, thank you, Douglas. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and if you want, yeah, I could, I could start at kind of like to how, how I got on this bizarre journey. Well, you know, you had dropped out of college, drinking heavily, drinking in the mornings. Uh, had, it seems like you were an entrepreneur and your partners locked you out of the business and stole the money. Yeah. Then you were working on the street with, you know, one of those billboards um, yeah. for next to nothing. I'm sure it's comical and yet painful all, all at the same time to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Parts are definitely painful when I was experiencing them for sure. Uh, but yeah, some were kind of funny. Um, and look, looking back, it's like, it's, it's a lot better to look back on it now. <laughs> yes. Yes. So just start from you, if you would, because so many people are struggling with where they're at and yeah. finding themselves in a box or in a straitjacket and essentially saying, you know, I have more than meets the eye. It's more than I'm doing with my life. How do I get from point A to point B? And put off, we, we do have to hit rock bottom um, before we can look up. But it sounds that was sort of your your journey. But at the same time, you had been studying self help and, and uh, you know self development. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it, it it was kind of bizarre because um, my when I was at my worst was right after I'd implemented the most self help. So, um, but to, but to set the stage for that, like, I mean, I, I grew up in a family that was like really emotionally shut down. I had a, a very emotionally absent dad, a very hostile mom. And I grew up pretty like angry and depressed. So I did not grow up with a lot of the tools that is, is really necessary for thriving in like today's world, yeah. um, especially socially. So, um, I dropped out, I dropped out of college because, I thought college was going to be different. I hoped it was going to be different because I would be around new people. They didn't, they didn't know me since I was like, whatever, six years old. Cause I, I grew up in a pretty small town. Um, and, and I went to a really, really big college and that was not the case. Cause it was not the case that I could start over because I was still the same guy. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, like you said, I was, um, the past I, follows you wherever you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I, that was, and that was my first time really experiencing that. Um, so it's like you said earlier, I, I, about being an entrepreneur, um, I was at that point in time, I was thinking of becoming one or I wanted to become one because I don't, nothing, nothing about any career path that I read about really spoke to me. I mean, back, uh, a lot of people listening to this might be too young, but I remember, I don't know, Doug, so you did this, like I, I went through that encyclopedia sized book called like the Princeton review to like look at colleges. Um, 
And, you know, all of them are just like, you know, they talk about being a lawyer or a doctor or like a fireman or a police officer or, you know, work in construction or something like that. They're detailing all these careers. And the only one that made it that felt right for me was like a business owner, an entrepreneur. I didn't know why, but that's the only one where I felt more relaxed. I didn't feel all like tense in my stomach and uncomfortable. So I followed that. And when I was in college, I thought to myself, you know, I miss this sucks. I hate this. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to want to stay here for four or five years. And it's looking more like five because my grades are going down this down the like the toilet. And I'm spending money to be in a place I don't want to be to wait to do something that's not going to require a college degree. So I dropped out. Um, and I said goodbye to absolutely nobody. Nobody knew probably missed me or knew I was even gone. Um, and it was after three semesters. So I just, I, I, I started like my self-education. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to study marketing. I'm going to study advertising, I'm going to study um, writing. Uh, and I'm going to study how to figure out how to, how to like start a business on this thing called the internet. And this is like in 2005, six, I mean, the internet definitely been around for years and years and years, but it was, if you think about it, it was like nothing like today. Right. Um, so I started also deciding to educate myself in self-help because I really truly believed, I mean, just, just like when I believed I could change myself in college, I really believed that um, the books, I, every book out there had the answer. I really believe that like, or every coaching program or every mentor, everyone who hung out a shingle online saying that they're a life coach or who knows what, I thought they had the answers. Um, and so I started learning all about like visualization and, and goal setting and, and kind of positive thinking and working on your mindset. And I, not only did I believe it, I really actually put in the effort. Um, I set goals and I did work hard and uh, I did do the affirmations and I really believed. So what happened was I, I'd started a business, um, actually it was with my, uh, one business, the first business I started was with my brother. He was, he's an expert on yoga. So he was going to teach yoga and like, we could film him going through like yoga workouts and I would handle all of the business end of things. And um, I was using my credit cards to fund this whole thing. And we had some hit or miss success, but what happened was over the years, I, I would, I would just slide deeper into debt. Um, like that was the overall trend and it was scary, um, because I got to a point where I was like trying to figure out what available credit I had on like this credit card over here. And I was ignoring the minimum payment on this bill over here. And I was just, I was letting like unopened on envelopes of bills hide somewhere on the, like the floor. Um, and I was also still a really lonely guy. I was just, I thought I was a loser. I, I just, I really hated myself and I was, I was more and more depressed and it got to the point where I was thinking about uh, uh, killing myself. I mean, I was, my mind would just loop and loop and loop on these, these self-hating thoughts and, and, and my imagination was like torturing me. Um, and I, I just, I got to the point where I thought all the self-help was just BS and I threw it all out and then I, I started drinking a couple of shots of vodka every morning and I mixed it with an energy drink. And that's how I started my day. And it gave me like this pleasant buzz that helped me get through the day. But I was, as much as I tried to convince myself otherwise, I was 
really not functional. Um, and this is when I was uh, in my, uh, about my mid twenties, about around about then. So that's, that's kind of how I got to the worst, the worst part of, of my journey right there. Well, thank you for being so candid because, you know, I always feel like this is the way we connect to each other. You know, a lot of people just want to speak more superficially. Hi, how are you? Fine. Everything's fine. But we don't learn, we don't grow, we don't connect in that way. And so I always feel like when people share with honesty, with integrity, this helps us all, brings us all closer together. Um, so what started turning it around? I mean, you have, and I've been there too, those dark thoughts just haunt you. They antagonize, they're, they're little demons. And they, it's, it's the psyche, right? It's the ego just attacking you mercilessly. Yeah. Um, and what do you do to turn it around? What did you do? I mean, you obviously were in a bad place. You didn't have that background or that one person of, in your life that, who could maybe help you steer the ship a little bit. What did you do? The, the self-help stuff wasn't working. You have the huge debt now. I mean, it just seems like the walls are, are going up and there's no way out. So what were your next steps? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good question. And I really appreciate what you said about um, this is how we connect because back then I didn't know that. Or, or And if anyone told me, I, I wouldn't have believed them. Yeah. You know, I put on the, the successful facade because I would, I was learning about business and marketing. So I'd go to like meetups and stuff and you, you can bet no one there really knew what was going on with me. Um, me, I mean, maybe some could kind of figure it out, but it's, it's not like I was open about it. And I, I screwed myself even worse as a result of that because I could have connected with people and I, yeah. I, I could have at least gotten some advice that might've, you know, helped me, but I didn't. So but what happened was um, uh, one person that I was learning from who, was, is, who would teach like business and marketing and writing and stuff, because he, he developed a, a, a successful self-publishing business, just publishing his own books um, in, the er, in the super early 2000s. He was also into a spiritual tradition called Taoism. And I'd, I'd never, I mean, I'd heard the word, but I didn't really know anything about it. Uh, so a lot of his students were kind of interested in like working on themselves inwardly. So he started, he's like, all right, I'll, I'll start teaching some of this Taoist uh, stuff that I practice. Um, and something about it resonated with me. Um, it just sounded cool. I mean, it was like Taoism. It's like this cool, like spiritual system. That's like kind of little known. And it felt really secret and exotic. It was from like, you know, the other side of the planet. And that appealed to my ego. It was kind of cool. Um, it, it seemed exciting, which is great because that actually got me interested in it. So what happened was um, I, he he started teaching some of like the the foundational uh, meditations of the system, and I'm like, all right, I'm in. You know, I I want I want to try this stuff out. Um, so I developed like a, a little routine for myself. It was basically, I made myself this promise. I'm like, I will get up, you know, whenever I would get up, sometimes it was in the morning. And honestly, sometimes it was in the afternoon too, because I was just, I just lay in bed for a while. Um, but when I get up, I'll, I'll, you know, do my thing, take a shower, brush my teeth, and then I'll do this meditation. Um, and then 
that's it. I'll check the box for the day. So what ended up happening is, and I, I could describe in a little more detail later, but it's it's a meditation where you're done in a, a standing position. Uh, it's with your your knees slightly on they're they're not quite bent deep, but they're unlocked. And it's almost just like you're sitting on a, a really high bar stool. So you're trying to like sit with your your pelvis resting against it. Um, and you hold your hands up like you're holding a beach ball. So this challenged my muscles too. It was like, it was surprisingly tough. I thought I thought I was an in-shape guy, but just by unlocking my knees and holding that, my thighs started burning like crazy. So I started with like a minute a day and then I'd add five seconds and and I'd keep adding five seconds. And eventually I got to two minutes and three minutes. And, and then I started adding time quicker, but a weird thing happened. It felt pretty good. Like I was feeling some kind of benefit. I mean, just because I was, it was almost like a cool isometric workout combined with meditating. It was like, if I, I felt a bit of a buzz and it was, and every other part of my day was still the same. I was still drinking in the morning. And I, in fact, I would meditate and then I'd go drink. Um, so, but what happened was I started to feel enough of a buzz that it started catching up to the, the buzz I got from drinking alcohol in the morning. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And it kept going until the meditation, I was buzzing from it enough that when I took a drink, the, the alcohol didn't actually make me feel any better. It just made me feel more drunk. And I'm like, wait, I wonder, what's, I wonder if like, I'm going to start feeling better from meditating. So what happened was within a day or two, I actually felt better from meditating than I did from drinking. And I learned this because I do my meditation and then I'd go drink the vodka and the energy drink. And I actually felt a little bit worse. Um, it was like, I felt kind of icky and lethargic. So I actually stopped drinking in the morning. Um, it's not like I, it's just my story. It's just what happened to me. I'm not saying this is like a, like something that uh, the, this effect will happen to everyone. Um, and it's not like I quit cold turkey forever. I just, I just didn't have a, a drink in the morning to just to get through the day. So other people started remarking on how I seemed like different, um, more calm, more centered, more happy. And that's when I realized this isn't just in my head. This is having a very real effect. So I, I decided I'm going to, nothing else in my life is working. Like everything else I tried has been a dismal failure. At least this is making me feel better. And I, I just had a gut feeling that this was going to be very helpful. So I decided I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to this. I'm just going to start studying it and practicing as much as I can. Um, uh, as long as it keeps giving me returns, I'm going to keep devoting myself to it. So that's how I started like inwardly turning my life around. Of course, um, I still had a lot of stuff to go, like a bankruptcy and sign spinning and all that. But that that's how I started to actually finally feel better about myself. Uh interesting you know i used to actually study a little taoism and zen um i had been studying martial arts and this one gentleman took me under his wing who was a taoist and uh, i used to practice with him or train with him every morning in his driveway as the sun was coming up and, oh cool um yeah so we, we would be studying you know two three hours out there you know fighting if you will and um so he he he, he explained or taught me some of the practice, the elements, obviously. Um, but I've done a similar meditation with the hands apart. And, you know, you feel that energy 
like you're holding a beach ball or like you're holding anything, but you start feeling that, that kind of, um, that uh, electric magnetic energy, that spiritual energy. Uh, but what's also fascinating about what you said is, you know, obviously you want to eat well and, you know, drinking is not good for the body and all those things. And the thoughts we have can really, you know, harm us or, or, or set us free. But it's really remarkable when, right, you didn't really do anything different other than you were, you were standing or sitting or, you know, doing your quiet meditation and your energies changed, right? It wasn't something you ate. It wasn't something yeah. you drank. It was, for lack of a better word, spiritual energy, um, that electric, you know, magnetism around the, the body. You shifted it. Your conscious thoughts and by releasing your conscious thoughts, shifted this energy, shifted this outlook that you were experiencing, ultimately shifted your life. Yeah, that, that's perfect. Yeah, you, you nailed it. That's exactly what happened. Because all the self-help stuff I'd done, it was just getting my thoughts to loop faster and harder. So I wasn't, I wasn't shifting the energy. I was, it was more about like, um, I was amplifying something that was already making me stumble. Um, but I, by doing this meditation, I was jumping off the hamster wheel of, of trying to fight my thoughts. And something deeper shifted yeah 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 it's remarkable um how the brain the psyche you know the ego really is just on a program you're on this automatic program it interprets life through this filter you suck or whatever you can't change this things are bad you're not going to get any better and this keeps you you stuck i don't know if you uh studied dr joe dispenza at all but he's mm -hmm. always talking about the um familiar past and the predictable future, which basically means the only space for change is here in the present, because if all you're doing is reliving the past in the future, well, you're going to have the same life more or less, but in the moment is where you can shift this. And it's really remarkable that we really are just living this software program of, okay, I'm not good at X, Y, Z, or I'm not never going to get past this. And it's the same thoughts, the same emotions, the same responses, but in that moment is the only time to change it. And that's, that's what meditation can give us. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. No, I love, I love the way you put it. And, and it's, it's, it can be so frustrating because when we have these looping thoughts, they sabotage us. And when they sabotage us, it's just more proof and evidence yep. from life yep. that the thoughts are right. It's just, yep. it's terrible. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I, I suffer uh, with that as well, but it's funny because we're asking the mind that has created this to be the thing that saves it. Yeah. Which yeah. really is counterintuitive, right? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, I mean, that's why I love referring to it as a hamster wheel because yep. you, you, no matter what you're, you're stuck running on something, but where are you really going? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you feel like you're getting somewhere cause you're fighting, but no, no, you're just running in place like a cartoon character. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so Nate, tell me, uh, cause I'm fascinated. Uh, you know, I've done uh, acupuncture and, and such, uh, things. Um, Tell me what you're studying, because I, I find it fascinating. Obviously, you don't meet too many people who are studying to become Taoist priests, especially in the Western world. And most people have never even heard of Taoism. Um, 
So getting a doctorate in Chinese energetic medicine, what, why and what do you plan on doing with that? Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's neat to mention that because yeah, most people haven't heard of Taoism, let alone study to be a priest within the, within yeah. the mystical tradition. Yeah. So um, basically when I made that like promise to myself, I'm going to go as deep with that as I can. Um, I, th- I, th- I honestly think the universe is just like, okay. Or the spirit realm is just like, Oh, okay, great. Well, you're going to have to prove it. So we're going to make sure that you just tinker and practice on your own for years and years and years. So what happened was every time I tried to figure out how to like find a teacher, um, I either it didn't work or I just had the feeling not to do it because I mean, if you really want to, you, you can go find like a, a, someone who teaches Taoism. I mean, I was living in uh uh, let's see, uh, Boulder at the time, and then Denver, and then Aurora. So it's all around the Denver area. I mean, there are teachers out there, but I always just had the feeling to just stick with my own practice and just continue this one standing meditation um, and just kind of explore it and, and, and feel into it and kind of figure out what I could figure out um, about how to like relax more and align yourself more and quiet your mind. So years go by and I remembered one little like factoid. Um, the person who taught this to me, and by the way, we had a falling out because it turned out like personality-wise, he had a definite dark side to him, but the teaching he brought me was super valuable. So I'll always be grateful for that. Um, but he had mentioned his teacher and the, the teacher's teacher's name was Dr. Jerry Allen Johnson. And I made sure to memorize that name. Because I'm just like, I, if it, hey, if it's my teacher's teacher, I, I, who knows? I, I, I might as well like look into this. Um, and he was retired from teaching. Um, but I always kind of like, uh, I'll just remember the name. 10, like at least 10 years later, um, like over a decade had gone by. And eventually um, I looked him up again online because he has a website and he had published a uh, uh, an autobiography. So I bought it. And then what happened was I read the autobiography and it was super cool. Like this guy had, had led us a really cool life of um, finding teachers here in the US and then eventually going to China to study Chinese energetic medicine and actually get ordained at a Taoist uh, temple to become a priest, and then eventually a bishop. And I'm like, this is wild. So he actually started coming out of retirement and teaching again a little bit. And when I went to see him, I, I just, just like enraptured, like, this is the coolest stuff. It's everything I'd always wanted because my whole life was like, Taoism was like the coolest part about it. So um, getting to immerse myself in it was a, such a joy. And one of his, um, his disciples was at that point, just about to close their school, like, like close it for new people. But he was teaching um, a seven year course on how to become a priest. Um, and I, I, uh, I signed up for that. And it gets kind of complicated, because eventually, um, he decided to go a different direction. But then a, a someone else stepped in who was another disciple to, to, you know, keep carrying on the lineage and teach it. But basically, I'm I don't know how much time has gone by, but I think at this point I'm over a year into this uh, program for priesthood 
And I'm about a year and a half in to uh, a program on getting a doctor in Chinese energetic medicine. Um, the, the lockdowns kind of threw, threw a wrench in, in some of those, but, but we're back on track now. Um, and my wife, my wife is doing it too. And I, at first I was just, I just want to deepen my own education because I think this stuff is just so cool, but um, I've learned so much useful stuff and it's turned, it's helped my relationship with my wife so much that eventually what I want to do is, is teach some of the, the, the principles and the strategies behind energetic medicine and Taoism in, in like ways that I, I know will help a lot of people. Um, Cause some of it can be really, really esoteric, but some of it, it some of it is just like, um, if it's just presented in the right way, it can be very, very down to earth. So that's jumping way ahead. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, a few things on that. So um, is, is Taoism a religion? Oh, that's a good question. A system? It's, it, you know, what I found out is that it's a lot like a lot of spiritual traditions. It has a religious arm to it it has a mystical arm to it it has like a philosophical arm to it and it has like a uh, a very uh nitty-gritty almost like martial arts you know meditative side to it and i and and um i've discovered actually all all traditions are like that i mean maybe there's one out there that's not but i found that actually all mystical traditions are like that so they they each have all those branches is there any just out of curiosity is there any reference to God or a deity or, or higher being or beings. Yeah, uh, it's it, uh, the it's translated in Taoism as like the divine, um, it, or it could be like the divine or the Tao. But yes, um, there there is an idea of an ultimate, most high creator, um, and it's interesting because within religion, there's also deities. Um, uh, I mean, we could go off on a bunch of tangents there but but yeah to answer your question yes there is interesting interesting all right man so let's move on to your book the standing meditation yeah i assume this relates to many of these practices you've been learning over the years oh yeah um because because basically three and a half years ago um I realized actually something that we talked about at the beginning of our conversation, which is like hardly anyone knows about Taoism and definitely hardly anyone knows about the actual like practical down to earth practices that enable Taoism to come alive within a person. And that the standing meditation was one that I learned. So I actually wrote a book detailing like what happened to me, the whole story, like basically what a lot of what we've been talking about here, like the story of me drinking, um, and starting this meditation and how I felt a lot better. And I broke it up into chapters based on like the story of what happened to me, what I learned and how the reader can apply it. Um, and after three years, it was, it was tough writing this. Um, I, I published it six months ago and, um, you know, I've been, I've been having cool conversations about the book since then. When I used to study martial arts much more religiously in many ways, you know, several hours a day. Um, as I had mentioned, I would study Zen and, and Taoism. Uh, and I, I was 
I wouldn't say I was the most at peace, but I was the most in the moment I've ever been. Hmm. I wasn't trapped in the future worrying about the future or worrying about the past. I was so present. Thoughts would enter my head, and if I didn't latch onto them, they would simply float off um, because I had gotten so disciplined at not attaching to thoughts. Only ones that was like, oh, I'll take this, but if not, they would just float off like clouds uh, without impacting me in an emotional manner. Um, and then, you know, you kind of, I gotten away from it a bit and you get trapped in your head. And like we were saying earlier, the mind is trying to figure these things out, but the mind doesn't have the ability to figure these things out. Yeah. You know, the mind is simply that computer computing and processing and going through the ego and the psyche. And it's can be a dangerous place, but when you let go of all that, that's where the peace is found when you get into that other realm of intelligence, that broader realm, that spiritual realm. Um, so speaking to you is inspiring to, to, I mean, not that I mean, I do meditate, um, but I remember some of the meditations now, you know, now that we're speaking like, oh yeah, this was, it's a great way to take your attention off of your mind. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm thrilled that you've had so much experience with this because you know, um, it's, I think the Tao has brought a whole new level to meditative practices compared to like what you would find just by Googling today or reading in a magazine, because their stuff is so body based and they're so specific about how to like really tap into the energy that it's, it's, it's very helpful for, um, letting the mind go quiet and like giving it another focus so that it eventually goes quiet. It's, it's just, I found it was just so much more, you could almost say sophisticated compared to just like sitting and trying to not think. Yeah. And it's so fascinating how the brain is wired, right? It's, it's wired just to constantly run and, and even counter to the individual right it's like yeah. wait aren't you my brain why are you causing me so much trouble yeah i know right <laughs> and then it's funny because then the brain hears that direct order it's like oh okay here let me list why i'm causing you so much trouble it's well because life is terrible and <laughs> you're an idiot yes yeah it's just like no wait no no no. i didn't mean it <laughs> right oh yeah yeah uh well we keep learning we keep growing and and hopefully we uh we heal and you know because if we're just stuck in that past, we're just living the past. So, you know, it's so imperative. And this is why releasing the mind and doing these meditations are so imperative because we're taking back our lives is moment by moment. Yeah. I love the way you put that. So Nate, yeah. it, it has been so nice speaking with you. Yeah. It's been awesome. Um, so the standing meditation is available on Amazon. Um, yeah. You can find Nate also on uh, LinkedIn, um, and he has a website, naterifkin.com, N-A-T-E-R-I-F-K-I-N.com. Uh, Nate, anything you want to close with? Um, well, first, thank you very much. And and second, I I really love that we, we hammered on the theme of that, you know, your mind is stuck within the problem. It's like a fish in the water, but... When you can, you know, hop out of that by, um, you know, doing a body-based meditation, um, and that could, that could be as simple as 
breathing into your belly and, and feeling it and, 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 and taking that practice deeper and deeper. Um, I, I think as long as we keep coming back to that, that's, it's, it's, it's a long-term game and that's where we're going to reap the most benefits. So that's, I, that's, uh, that's how I'd like to, you know, end my rant here. <laughs> Well, and it also de-stresses us because, my goodness, there is just stress everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And stress is another thing that's going to keep you keep you kind of stuck and, and unaware that you're stuck. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, Nate, it's been such a pleasure. And, uh, you know, I hope everyone picks up uh, Nate's book. And, Nate, you have a great day. Well, thank you. You too. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to the Douglas Robbins Show. To find out more about Douglas and his books, check out douglasrobbinsauthor.com.